morning. Good morning. How's it going? Good, thank you. Ask me how I'm doing. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Thank you for asking. Oh, I thought we were doing a test. No, that's awkward. (laughs) Okay, that is awkward. Hello. How do you feel about awkwardness? It makes me laugh. I have a tendency of making people feel awkward. Accidentally or on purpose? I think accidentally. With my ADHD, I tend to say things before I realise what it is that I'm saying. And I'm like, oh, it's out. And then it kind of creates a bit of awkwardness and I find it a bit entertaining. Now that you say that, I do actually remember you often say, well, that's awkward. And I really, and like laugh your head off. And then that in itself kind of takes away, dissipates the awkwardness and it just makes it a really funny situation. Yeah. So there's something about bringing the truth out of it and saying it for how it is and being transparent and being honest. I love openness. Okay. And I think it's important for for me to be able to tell people or show people who I am. The best person I can be is myself, and I find it easy to be myself. And sometimes, like all people, we do things that are weird and awkward and not always socially acceptable but that's just who we are and I don't feel I need to hide anything from anyone. I don't think I'm a bad person. I like to do things that I think make me a good person. I get a kick out of that. So there are sometimes, as I'm sure on the podcast as well, I will say that people think like, oh, that's a bit cringy. And yeah, if I listen back to it, I would probably agree with you because that's part of life as well isn't it sometimes you do things that are just a bit cringy or a bit weird and that's just that's just how it is at least i know where i stand i don't feel like i need to remember anything because you don't need to remember the truth it just gets stored in there and also what is awkward for you is not necessarily what would be perceived as awkward by other people and then vice versa something that you're comfortable with they might think oh gosh even if you think about certain topics on the podcast some that I might think oh that was maybe controversial or if I think yeah it was a specific way about a topic then someone else might think nothing about that but think about another topic yeah totally yeah and for me one of the podcasts that we just put out about drug taking was quite up there where I've been really umming and ahhing about putting that podcast out because it's such a controversial thing and I want to think do I you know this is going out do I want people to associate me with my past and what I've done do I want people to judge me on that and hold that against me but I think I'm not ashamed of my past and who I am and the experiences that I've experienced because again life is pretty freaking limited and it goes pretty quick and I don't just have the time to hide myself from anyone in case I want to impress someone if people find out who I am and they can see who I truly am and they don't like me well that's okay yes it doesn't make it a bad thing so in terms of that episode and with the discussion about drugs alcohol narcotics substances why was important for you what were the main points that you wanted to get across I think we've all got a past and the choices that i like the alcohol and you know some drugs it was just a form of self-discovery and that was really it and I kind of feel that 
drugs are such a taboo thing and something that we don't talk about that just kind of gets done in the shadows and I don't think that's where it should stay. I think it should be discussed and it should be open and people should be comfortable to talk about things like that because it's only through talking about it and bringing awareness to it that hopefully the next generation or anyone who's younger that listens to this can get some sort of more clarity and information out of it instead of just don't do it because just don't do it that doesn't hold any value drug taking is as a form of escapism then obviously you're already in a system that doesn't really work so why do you want to obey to those laws you want to honor them not be restricted by them and also if you look at the psychology behind it the time of your development, the time of life, which is usually teens, young adulthood, that you tend to discover and come across people doing drugs and perhaps having the opportunity to engage with drugs for the first time is at a time that you are exploring how you can push the boundaries. You are challenging yourself. You are rebelling. And it's all, you know, if you look at the developmental perspectives, they indicate that strongly. Also, when you're saying about this don't do that well there's so much psychology behind the the don't do this which makes it more desirable there's a really funny psychology experiment called the marshmallow test or something and they give different kids a a marshmallow they put a marshmallow in front and they said oh don't eat that until i come back and they see the different kids. I, I, they've got very cute f- footage of it being on film as well of the kids and what they do, and you know, and and something that it everything becomes so much more desirable. Often things become so much more desirable when you're told not to do it as well. It is, yeah. With with, for instance, substance use. If it's alcohol, coffee, cigarettes. Um, pot, cocaine, ecstasy, whatever. When those are introduced into your life, they usually are when you're a teen, when you're a teenager, because suddenly it's like, oh, it's all this stuff that we're not allowed to do. Why not? What's what's so bad about it? What What, what is it? And that's when you kind of go on the self-discovery. If they turn around and go, look, these are the substances that are out there. It's been proven taking pot when you're younger age stunts your mental growth. It really does. And same with alcohol and same with other stuff. So these are the things. Take in moderation and we'll all come together. One of us will show you how to do it properly. Find your frequency instead of just taking as much as you can. Because that's not fun. Where if it was something like that, then the whole taboo about it is gone. It's the same with alcohol and beer in Germany. When you're, you know, you're 14 to 16 years old and it's fine to have a beer or a glass of wine at dinner with your parents. And then once they get introduced into alcohol that way, they get introduced to it responsibly and learn to respect it and to, instead of abusing it. And I was umming and ahhing about talking about it because it's, it's something that's just been drilled into me that, oh, you shouldn't discuss things like that. You shouldn't be open about stuff that could potentially, you know, that somebody might not like. And I think it should be the complete opposite. You should be bringing everything to the table. Anything that you think is should be hidden or not discussed, 
those are the things that right now they need discussing they need to be brought out there the stuff that makes you feel uncomfortable the things in your past that make you cringe bring it to the table stop keeping them in the shadows for me i mean i you know mucked about with alcohol and drugs and stuff like that when i was a teenager and excessive alcohol in my 20s because that was just what you did thursday night was happy hour friday nights you'll go out and then you'll also go out saturday night and then you're just hanging balls sunday and i did that for you know most of my 18 till 27 until i realized i can't make headway in life living this way and that's when i stopped drinking and tried to really start making something of my life and going for it but if I wasn't able to talk about these things, I would still, f I would feel like that past I had was wrong. When it wasn't, because I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I wouldn't change it. But it's in my past, it's just not who I am now anymore. And I think that's important for me to realise, and help, and me discussing this through channels like this, and putting it out in the universe, allows me to find closure with it. So although I find it important to discuss this, to tell other people about it, it, I think it holds more value to me of being able to get this off my chest. It's the same with depression. You know, I used to be really scared of telling people that, oh, I get depression. When actually, when I do start telling people about it, it helps. I, I mean, I don't know how or, or what the logic is behind it, but not allowing it to hold me hostage brings a lot of freedom to my life. And I think I've kind of just adapted that, that whatever sort of taboo or darkness there is in my past, I bring it to light. I like to bring it forwards and, and put it out in the universe. And once it's out there, it's out there. That's just, that's my path. That's how I walked it. And what you take away from that is, is um you know, it's up to you. Learn from it or don't take it in or or leave it be. Mm -hmm. But as long as there's something, potential clarity or help, or somebody gets something useful out of it, kudos, then that's, you know, then that's, I think, kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to start the podcast, is for me to be able to get it out. Where I lost my dad when I was younger, um, I would have loved to have something like this, of being able to hear his thoughts and how he talked and how he, how, how he explained things. To be able just to absorb a bit of him into my life. And I remember having a, back in like the 90s, he used to have a small cassette in a voice, in a voicemail recorder. And he had a little tape. And it just had him saying, hey, it's Mike, I'm not here to take your phone right now. You know, give me a call back later or leave a message. And I used to listen to that on repeat just to, um, you know, just to hear his voice. And unfortunately, he just kind of, passed away before i mean there's a, i've got a couple of videos of him but there's nothing there really where i can really tune in and discuss and and hear how he thought or who he was where i lost him at nine you know you don't really i'm in my 30s now you don't really remember a lot from back then so there is a lot in there that i thought like ah fuck i missed something there that would be quite nice to tap into just seeing what kind of a person he was or what kind of mischief he got into and I think for me recording the podcast is something that I'm putting out there because I think maybe that's something that I that I wanted so hopefully this is something that can be passed on or it's out in the universe and if somebody needs it it's there 
And if it's something, you know, my nieces or nephews, if they're older, they can tap into this and be like, oh, so that's how he thought, or that's what he did. So it's it's talking into the, uh, putting it out in the universe, and hopefully, as time is completely irrelevant, in 10 years or 50 years or a 1,000 years, if technology is still going, this can be picked up and seen like, oh, so that's how they thought. And like, oh, so they're still drinking and we're still doing that and this is still happening and they're still having all these same thoughts. And I think that's that's quite nice. So it's nice doing the recordings. And if we get 20 people, 100 people, 1,000 people, a million people listening to it, kudos. I think that would be awesome. But I think this is for me. Mm. And I don't think this is... You know, that's that's really the the reason behind me of putting this out is for me to get whatever I feel is on my chest is to get it off. It's such a beautiful way of getting into the universe and be like, ah, oh, that's off my chest. And I do, and that's what I get out of doing these podcasts is I do find clarity when I'm talking about it. When I'm listening back to it and I'm doing the editing, I can hear how I sound, how I come across. I can hear externally what my thinking pro- pro- pattern is. I can hear when I am get stuck and I repeat a word and then I start that sentence off there again. So with that, I'm super intrigued with me starting my ADHD medication next week or the week after, whether that smoothens out, whether the the lag that's in my mind when I speak, whether that'll still be there. So yeah, so it should be, should be interesting. And with things like, and I mean, this is interesting because this we've we've spoken about illegal drugs i guess and and alcohol from in a kind of recreational context to now potential legal medication in a medical context um and you have expectations of 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 what your adhd medication might bring you and perhaps this is what you were saying is that you didn't have realistic expectations of of what the narcotics the substances as a as a as a kid might have had the impact that they might have had you had a very one-sided understanding of it and so you're if you were more informed back then and then in the way that you're trying to give more information through this podcast not even just about the ins and outs of what different drugs do because that information is online and it is really worth looking into but what the lived experience of going on that journey might look like for someone who might be starting off and starting to mingle with people that are are in like party crowds i suppose just to understand that you don't have to do it and if you do it then be informed about it be yeah. safe about it yeah it is be and curious, it's, you yeah. got to you got to be again it's so important for you to say no and for no to be enough and you don't need to give an explanation ever if you don't want to do something just say no and walk away it's it's i there are so many things i wish i said no to that i didn't because i just peer pressured into it saying no is so important but also saying like yeah i'll i'll give it a go and then asking, I've never done this before. What if I have a bad trip? What can I implement? Like, for instance, with acid, if you have a bad trip, you can drink orange juice, and that leases the effect, and the same with, like, mushrooms and stuff like that. Whereas with 
ecstasy, if you take ecstasy and you breathe heavily, that makes you rush more. So when you think you're taking big breaths to calm yourself down, you're actually making the effects of it a lot a lot worse. And nobody tells you stuff like that when you take it. And those are very things that can really turn a negative trip into a positive one. Or vice versa. Or vice versa, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's just having things out there of can we stop just telling people what to do and just teach them and educate them and then let them make their own decisions? Is that are we not in that stage within life where kids who are like eight years old already have a phone and they know everything that's out there from so young that if they've got access to that information, let's make it valuable. It feels like the way that the education system is set up sometimes is a play. It's a it's an act, and they're just using the same script yeah, that to they tick boxes. did. Yeah, and and it's very interesting. Um, a mutual friend of ours, she was speaking about one what what her children had said, and they'd said something about their teacher. Oh, but teachers are not real. And when she'd asked them a little bit more what they meant by that, oh well, they they're not real human beings. They're just and these children um were just so responsive to the to authenticity to the truth of someone and they they do not experience and and this is not the first child that said this and indeed these children of our friend were i think 7 to 9 and i also have clients around the age of 13 15 16 17 who experience this in the same way that the people that are educating them are not real people. They, the persona, the persona of, of what a teacher is, is so fictional that they actually don't resonate with them on the human level. Yeah. They don't absorb the information on a human level. And it makes sense, especially when on one hand, they're able to understand the lived experience of different phenomena different things for example alcohol and then they're being told in a textbook by a a, a teacher figure well this is actually what it like that it just feels it just feels very fake. disconnected yeah and it just it, how are these conversations are not more widespread in this day and age with technology with communication with thought as it as it I is think, transcending i think they are I think they are coming out there, but like anything that big, it just it takes a really long time for it all to happen and to turn, to turn around, or turn around, or you know, come into the limelight. You've got things like YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and this, I was Facebook just videos, say, and all of this, and that's where people can see what's you know what's out there, what's going on. This is where people are finding their information. Yeah. This is where they're educating themselves now. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's again, that's a blessing and a curse, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that is a tough one. In terms of truth, in terms of the roles that we play, in terms of that authenticity, I was so moved listening to what you were saying about listening to your dad's recording, wishing that you could have something similar and hear his words and hear his truth. And it made me really think about this theme of truth you don't want to know a fake version of him you want to know the real him and this is perhaps what is inspiring you to be the real you 
on the podcast, yes, but also in day-to-day life. Absolutely. I absolutely because I don't I don't know who the real me is. Or do I? I I don't know. When when I say that I feel like I'm lying. Which is quite reassuring, which is quite nice. Because obviously I do know I I know what I stand for, I know who I am. I I definitely know that a lot of the time I consciously make an effort to walk to the drum of my own beat. May that be that that beat isn't synchronized with other people and, and their beats, which I think is important. But I do make a conscious effort of being like, okay, this is this is what works for me, and this is what I'm going to find out and discover and see if that actually is actually true. And then if it works for other people, great. And if there's things that I that other people do that I think, oh yeah, that works for me. I could do that. I can replicate that. Then I'll do it. I mean, there's no there's no method to this there's no pattern to life it's just you really need to figure out what works for you and to be able to work out what works for you you must cultivate a relationship with yourself you must put effort into understanding yourself think of the amount of effort we are told to put into our education into maybe being a good child into this into that into sport into that and where in this journey are we told you must put more effort into understanding who you are sitting down listening to your thoughts reflecting on your thoughts feeling your feelings for what they truly are really giving them space really giving them attention because then we learn to be with ourselves. we learn who we are we learn to respect ourselves. We learn to value ourselves. We learn to be able to set boundaries. And I think this ties into what we were saying about being swooped into communities and crowds which do, do drugs, do do alcohol. If you're, if you're in respectful relationships with yourself, if you value yourself and are able to set boundaries, you're going to have a very different experience to if you don't. If people offer you something and you try it and you don't like it, the ability to say no and to make sure that that no is heard and respected, it takes so much strength and it takes so much it really self-respect. Does. It's it's hard, especially with peer pressure and exactly. people around and you wanting to fit in and stuff like that it is it's incredibly freaking hard to say no um and there's just i don't know what advice to give on that situation except from stand your ground and even if you shake while you're saying it and you stutter and you don't say it loudly keep saying it it's a muscle that will grow and the more times you say it the easier it will get it's so it's so important because at the end of the day the person that's bullying you into feeling like you're an idiot if you're not taking drugs or feeling like you're ugly if you're not wearing that outfit or feeling and this like you're can stupid. be this can be family yeah your, your best friend yeah it doesn't have to be enemies or bullies these can be the people who are closest to you which make it and often so are. painful you're and often right. are. Yeah. at the end of the day it's not 
their lives which are going to be having a very long-term impact by you not saying no by you not standing your ground and working out what really is right for you it's your life and whether you master that at a younger age or an older age it's going to be you that has to overcome it yeah and there's there's definitely long-term effects i've had of peer pressure into doing things I wasn't completely comfortable with doing that. That definitely took me a good couple of years to get over a few of those things. So going forwards, what advice would you give to somebody who is drinking or drugs or living a life where there's a lot of substance and they kind of want just out? They've had enough. The kind of thing like, oh, this isn't for me, this is too much. I would say, and and I know how difficult it is, that's, that's why I hesitate, but I would say respect yourself and, and build a relationship with yourself. Have, have listening to yourself as the top priority more important than being accepted, more important than being cool, more important than being popular, more important than missing out on a potential party. Because if you are having a sense of, I think I want out, even if you just start to notice that you're not enjoying the experiences in the way other people seem to be, or just there's that little niggle that something isn't quite right, listen to that, yeah? Because that's your intuition, that's your truth trying to communicate with you and say, I need a change. And one of the hardest things about creating change can be not knowing what the alternative looks like, not knowing that there really might even be an alternative. People that are in a community or a world or life of lots of substances, lots of parties, are generally surrounded by people who are doing the same thing. And they can be very disconnected from other groups of people, other experiences, other potentials, to the point that it feels like, well, if I'm not going to the pub every Friday, every weekend, then there's nothing else to do. And I suppose speaking from the understandings that we have, there is other stuff to do. And it might take you some time and it might take you some so-called boring weekends while you work out what that new lifestyle might look like for you. But you're going to feel more you when you're being you in a way that feels right for you yeah i'd i'm I'm totally with you there i think what i would recommend is if you're in a group of friends and you're all drinking or taking drugs and stuff like that break it to them one-on-one so they don't have each other there to to egg each other and, and to egg you on and just i mean what i did i just told each of them separately when I was out with them, like, hey, this this isn't for me anymore. I'm I'm going to go and do other stuff. I don't want to be doing this. And when I was telling each one of them, a lot of the times, like, yeah, I'm kind of feeling the same. I'm on the same boat here. 
but you bring them all together and like ah fuck it let's party come on just one more night we'll just keep going and that's when you need to say no and it's just that's it now i've told you all separately and independently to like i don't really want to be doing this anymore so i'll just catch you guys later and that's it you don't need to give an excuse you don't need to give a why you don't need to have one more party you just you know go away have an early night get up fresh and start the day doing something that you want to be doing like what i recommend is again getting your needs in order what feels really nice for yourself have a hot shower maybe a bath change your bed sheets have something good to eat and then for finding different activities think back what you did when you were younger what was it that Such you good advice. Doing? yeah pick up an instrument or go on a bike ride and it's hard making friends when you're an adult it really is because everyone's kind of busy doing their own things so best thing to do is join a club if it's a big reading club trying out go down your local dojo and go and do some kickboxing or boxing you don't have to be fighting they they run circuit training and just getting into exercise or there's plenty of dog walking groups on the weekends like getting a dog is a game changer because everyone talks to you and then you meet other dog owners and then you end up going on walks and hikes together so there's there's plenty of groups of activity groups online that you can just go and join and start going out there and then what you'll find even though you're not 100 percent into it you will find people there that you will enjoy being with and then with those people you'll be able to go and set out and find activities that you want to be doing that's how i got out of being in a circular friendship with people whose priority was just getting fucked on the weekends and i still love them and like you know i I cut ties for a good three or four years with a lot of people until i was comfortable to introduce myself back into that world but cutting them completely out was amazing and then once they were kind of sick of it as well and they reached back out to me and came back into my life it was awesome having them back because i was friends with them for who they were and unfortunately there were some people i was friends with them just because we drank together and that's all we did now that we didn't drink together we didn't really have anything in common and it's good to realize that friends people they come and go in your life and if your priorities change and theirs don't then it's you know it's not a buy forever it's just a catch you later for now again it's not easy it's definitely not and it, it it's hard but there's a lot of pride that you gain from doing that and look now you've got these community groups on facebook and stuff like that it's quite easy just to put a post out and see and just letting people know best thing to do is just say hey i'm new to the area even if you've lived there your whole life and say what do people do around here that's non-alcohol related and you'll have plenty of people that will comment for for it when i was living down in newquay um there was this guy called john who every monday used to have a barbecue and i loved that that i I carried that tradition on when i ended up going traveling and and living in the south of france and every monday i used to have a barbecue i used to advertise on couch surfing and to people in that area area that i met at the gym and that's how i kind of ended up getting my friends established down there and it was just anyone's welcome bring something to put onto the table and then come and enjoy yourself and meet people but the rule was monday night no alcohol and there is something to say about the uncomfortability of people when there is no alcohol in the situation and how the dynamic of the party changes 
and it's so raw it's so themselves it's so open people who are usually quite quiet and need a drink to kind of come out of their shell don't have that choice and seeing them trying to after a while loosen up and relax and be their authentic self ah that's amazing man i absolutely love that um and i did that for i think i did that for for a year or so and the first month it started off with just three or four people every monday and then I think just before I left, we had like 30, 40 people turning up at my house every Monday to coming along with this. And it was, um, it was really fun. Like two people, they, they met at the barbecue. They've got a couple of kids together now. And some of them are, are still really good friends just because of that. And that was non-alcohol related. So if you want to meet people, just host a party, say it's open, but there's no alcohol and invite five or six of them around and see how that goes until you find some people you feel you get along with and can have a good chat with and then see where that takes you and be open about it. Tell them why you're doing this. Tell them that you drink and party a lot and you just don't want that life anymore. And you'll find a lot of people, they're in the same boat. It's just nobody really knows how to create friendships when you're an adult. It's not really that that easy. There's no, you can't go and hang around in playgrounds. <laughs> That's <laughs> really, really just emphasising that point. That it's very <laughs> not like, you can't you can't do that and be like, hey, can you be friends with me? That's just go yeah. to a club, go climbing, find your local dojo, join the gym, go swimming, strike up a conversation with someone. Um, there's cinema clubs, there's book clubs, there's bike riding clubs, there's the the five k. Um, every I think every Saturday or Sunday there's like a 5k run that that they happen in most parks and just really you you just gotta you know do the frightening thing of just putting yourself out there and putting yourself amongst it and the more you do it the easier it gets it just takes takes that first step of putting one of your mates aside and go I'm kind of over this how do you feel because if you think about the fact that you're wearing a mask you're acting in a way that doesn't feel quite right i think we can easily forget or not even realize that so many other people are feeling that way too and we are maybe naive to assume that it's only us but if we have that courage to follow our truth we might inspire other people too as well maybe not immediately but maybe later down the line we can't, you know, you said it can be uncomfortable, less normal, a little awkward to tie it back to the beginning of yeah, the session. Yeah, and I love that. I, I absolutely love that. It yeah. is it is awkward. It is uncomfortable. It is frightening. It makes you just cringe at some of the social interactions that you have because we're just, I mean, we're, we're people. We yeah. are awkward. And, we and you are say cringy. we can't just walk up to someone and say, can you be my friend? But if you think about the fact that you're quite, you know, maybe a little bit nervous or uncomfortable, well, probably they are too. Yeah. They, yeah. We are just little Chances children are... in a play park. It's just and a this bigger is, this play is, park. And, and this is the thing again, is remembering we are still all kids. Yeah. We really are. We've just got more responsibility and a bigger grasp on things. But it's important to play and it's important to call up somebody you haven't spoken to in a while that's suddenly on your mind and see how they're getting on. When you're not in a pub 
you realise that the world is a really, really amazing, epic playground and you now as an adult have this amazing potential to just go and explore explore it. Yeah. 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 That makes me want to go explore and discover and play. Let's do it. Now I've got work to do, mate. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't, so I'm going to go and play. Bye. Bye.